Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Wednesday, June 22nd. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. That includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Addison Colombo. And I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. Coming up, we'll have some features from reporters, but now let's get started with the headlines. After recent subway attacks, the MTA is installing cameras in select subway cars. It's a pilot system meant to deter crime. The cameras won't be manned 24-7, but the recordings will be stored so police can better identify criminals. If the program goes well, more cameras could be installed. That's right, Madison. The MTA is also making changes to be more accessible. The MTA is planning for 95% of subway stops to be wheelchair-friendly by 2055, a big jump from the 27% of stops that are currently accessible. These updated stops will be getting elevators and ramps. While 2055 seems far away, the MTA says the updates have to be gradual due to funding. Well, changes are also coming to many of the city's parks. Nicoletta, as a cook yourself, I know you're excited about this one. Oh, yeah. The New York City Parks Department is searching for mobile food and merchandise vendors to go in parks for the first time. Applications from all over are welcome, but the Parks Department says they want vendors to be inventive and exciting. The plan is meant to enrich the city's green spaces and ambiance. It'll also help local businesses. Some parks included are Central Park and Forest Park. Applications close August 2nd. Something else that's happening for the first time, decades after its release, one song is more popular than ever. That's right. Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill reaches number one on the Billboard charts after being featured in season four of Stranger Things. The song was originally released 37 years ago, but it only reached the number three spot. No song has ever seen a comeback like this after such a long time. Stranger Things has a sci-fi retro feel that viewers seem to love. It's now the most streamed series on Netflix, and that might explain why the 80s song is shattering records right along with it. In a rare appearance on BBC, Bush says she's surprised and grateful for her song's resurrection and to reach a new generation of listeners. People are giving this pup a round of applause after his win at the Westminster Dog Show last night. That's right, Madison. Trumpet the Bloodhound claimed victory. He made history by being the first dog of his breed to win the show. This was year 146 of the annual dog show, making it the second oldest sporting event in the country after the Kentucky Derby. The competition was pretty stiff, too, with over 3,500 dogs in the running. A French bulldog co-owned by NFL linebacker Morgan Fox also claimed a show title. But that's as much sports you're going to get out of me. Now let's turn to WFUV's Ryan Gregoire, who has more from the world of sports. Starting on the ice, as Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Finals wrapped up last night with the Avalanche winning it 3-2 in an overtime thrower. They take a 3-1 series lead and now find themselves one game away from winning the Stanley Cup. However, this game was met with controversy, as after the game, a replay showed that the Avalanche had an extra player on the ice that should have nullified the game-winning goal. The Lightning and their head coach, John Cooper, sure thought so, as he answered only one question after the game, dismissing the result, then stormed out of the press conference. Unfortunately for the Lightning, there's nothing more they can do, as they now have to come back from a 3-1 deficit to win their third straight Stanley Cup. Shifting to the basketball world, as the NBA draft commences in Brooklyn tonight. The hometown Nets do not have a first-round pick, while the New York Knicks hold the 11th pick. Reports have shown they are looking to trade into the top four to select Purdue guard Jaden Ivey. Auburn forward Jabari Smith is expected to be selected 
number one overall by the Orlando Magic as it should be a fascinating night to see dreams become realities at 8 p.m. Speaking of interesting, the Yankees, as they return home to play the Houston Astros, the team that eliminated them in the 2017 and 2019 playoffs. With this being the first two times the teams have squared off since Yankee Stadium has shifted to full capacity, expect the Bronx crowd to bring the energy to the team that cheated them out of a championship. Lastly, today marks the 50-year anniversary of the landmark Title IX being passed. Sports teams across the country have been celebrating the historic law and voicing their support for all women in sports. While we still have a long ways to go, it's important that we honor and celebrate everyone who fought for women equality and opportunities in women's athletics. With WFUV Sports, I'm Ryan Gregware. Thanks for the update, Ryan. The Rico Maresca Gallery in Manhattan's Chelsea Art District serves as a hub for so-called marginal art. WFUV's Isabel Danzis tells us it's one of the oldest galleries that features this type of outsider, self-taught and folk art. The Rico Maresca Gallery opened over 40 years ago. The gallery feels open with art of all different sizes hanging on the walls. Some of the art is colorful with others being more muted. The walls are not cluttered, but rather the pieces of art feel very intentionally hung. Frank Maresca, owner and director of the gallery, started collecting art a long time ago. He was attracted to alternative pieces of art, and before long, he had become known as an art dealer. And so the art that I gravitated toward was art that did not come out of the academy. Art that was, as we call it, self-taught, or art that is vernacular. In other words, it's the art of the people. Moresca says outsider art doesn't just refer to art that is different than contemporary art, but rather it refers to the person who made it. So uh, when we call something outsider art, we define it as uh, art that is produced by people who are operating so far outside of society, so far outside of normal society. Moresca says that some of his favorite outsider artists are people who were cast aside in their time. Some of Moresca's favorite outsider art is done by Martin Ramirez, who created his art while in a mental institution. Others of Moresca's favorites, like Bill Trailer, created art during slavery and after emancipation. The Rico Moresca Gallery was one of the first in its kind to specialize in outsider art, but now, Maresca says the art's popularity is increasing in the more mainstream art world. Some people call it the art of the underserved. And it is true that many of the artists uh, that we represent, even though some of them uh, have become very famous, at one time, you could say that those artists were essentially unknown. And um, we may not have been the first to show those particular artists, but certainly We've taken the work and we've helped bring it to the forefront of the academic art world. According to Maresca, it is important for the art world to have places where these outsider voices are heard, because traditionally, only voices within the art academy have been allowed. Maresca says this type of art is for everyone. You don't necessarily need an art historical education to be able to appreciate it. The art speaks to you directly and has the ability to transport you, to take you, take different people to different, different places. That was Cityscape host Isabel Danzis discussing outsider art with gallery owner Frank Maresca. 
For today's Fub Focus Spotlight, Robin Shannon talks with assistant music director and DJ Eric Holland about his interview with the band Gang of Youths. I'm Robin Shannon sitting down with assistant music director and nighttime DJ Eric Holland, and he got to sit down with members of Gang of Youths. So, Eric, so what song is out now that WFUV is playing by Gang of Youths? Um, we've been playing uh, a couple more than anything else. Uh, one's called The Angel of Eighth Ave, which, as the title suggests, has some inspiration uh, here in the city. Uh, the, the, the singer Dave uh, met his wife. Uh, on 8th Avenue. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> and uh, another one is called In the Wake of Your Leave, uh, and both of those are, are from their really strong third album called Angel in Real Time. And now, how many people are in this band altogether? It's a five-person group, and uh, I did an interview with Dave, uh, their, their front man uh, who sings, and he had this unbelievable experience where he lost his dad not so long ago, and and. Uh, after he passed, they found out all this stuff about him that they didn't know. He, Do tell. He had uh, a secret family. Uh, he was born uh, like a decade after, uh, excuse me, like a decade before what they thought, you know, which accounted for some of those lost years. Uh, and, and then Dave ended up meeting his brothers. Wow. Uh, and, of course, it was very emotional. And that's what the song Brothers is about. He told the whole fascinating tale just him sitting on a piano when he played it that was one of the songs that they did in the session so it sounds like he takes a lot of personal experiences and puts it into song like a lot of musicians yeah and and maybe to uh to an extent that i I don't know if i've ever heard before i mean the the degree of specificity with how personal he gets is is really something else if there was one song you had to recommend to someone who knows nothing about Gang of Youth, but you were saying, you know what, listen to this song, this is this this song will get you hooked. What song would it be? Hmm. Can I can I give two? Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, I I would watch Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, which is the centerpiece of the album because it explains what happened. Uh, but also as as far as just a great radio song, Angel of Eighth Avenue is great. Um, and so what can we find on the website, Eric? You've got video of the three songs they performed, uh, and you can hear the uh, the full interview with Dave and I. And it was it was emotional for me too because I lost my dad less than two years ago. So having him do these songs was was emotional for for me. And you know we got into it. And it was very touching, <laughs> very touching. And we'll check out that interview. Thanks so much, Eric. My pleasure. For Eric Collins' full interview with Gang of Youths, visit wfuv.org. And that's our show for today. I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. And I'm Addison Colombo. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever podcasts are found.